So you ready? I is well ready. No. Are you ready? Uh, I'm fairly ready. <laughs> what a dick. This is episode 5 of the Totally Insane Tape Show, and you're asked better call somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Totally Insane Tape Show's wrestling special. I'm Badass Dino Peppers, and for the thousands who download this podcast, and the millions possibly listening around the world, here's a guy who totally knows how to suck it. Ladies and gentlemen, can you smell... Oh god, it stinks. It's the boo. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, welcome to episode five of the Totally Insane Tape Show with myself, Boodamont, and Mr. Dino Peppers. And this week we are here to bring you a pro wrestling smackdown special. It's films that uh, have a theme, um, and that theme, of course, is professional wrestling. Uh, it was WrestleMania recently for you WrestleHeads, and for people that aren't into wrestling, you're going to dig this show anyway because we're going to show you... Uh, exactly what movies to avoid and what movies to check out for a good old lark in the world of professional wrestling. So, um, Dean, any um, wrestling tidbits that you've seen in the last week or so that you would uh, recommend or avoid? Well, there's actually a couple I want to get onto which I didn't get around to seeing, but I really want to now. It's just through searching all this website saying, like, wrestling films you should watch. Uh, there's one called Enter Zombie King or Zombie King and the Legion of Doom. Which is a Canucksploitation film. Um, oh, it's a Canuck exploitation. It's Canadian. Yeah, it's Canadians playing Mexican wrestlers um, versus zombies. Of course. Which sounds amazing. Um, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I couldn't actually find anywhere, though, that had it without uh, Spanish dubbing for some reason. Or German dubbing as well. But that one uh, stars Jim Neidhart. Oh, the anvil himself. There we yep, go. Who I've seen naked. You've seen naked. Moving on. Um, <laughs> there's another film Do you where... have a heart attack? <laughs> boom, boom. Oh. Um, okay, and there's another one um, I found yesterday, which I think you're around seeing. Uh, it's uh, The One and Only. And that one stars the famous wrestling personality, um, Henry Winkler. Eee, two thumbs. Yeah. It's a film I remember seeing years and years ago I, I can't actually remember the name of it I didn't know who was in it I wouldn't know where to look until I saw it listed on something and I had a quick goose at the um, trailer of it it's like oh, okay that's that film yeah, okay. it's about I think he's a college dropout or something and then he goes into world professional wrestling to make his billions or gets famous for being the um, the showman and he goes from taking it from serious wrestling to being the showman so kind of like the, the gorgeous George of old. 
Kinda. I mean, there's Glib I saw who's uh, the hypnotist, or he's got the hypnotist gimmick, and he just walks in there and he hypnotizes his opponent to fall over, and it um, kind of shows up. Kind yeah. of Kendo Nagasaki, Robbie Brookside style. If you guys are into your old classic world of sport wrestling in the UK. as we haven't seen it before. Kendo Nagasaki with the red eyes, the shaven head except for the ponytail at the back. Nagasaki using his powers now to turn on his opponent. Force Brookside to turn on his opponent, Steve Regal. Regal cannot understand what is happening here. Well, he's, he's got these hypnotic powers and he got Brookside to turn against his own man in the corner there. sound kind of cool um if we're talking films that we haven't been able to see yet um there's two fairly high up on my list the first one is called oh my zombie mermaid uh, which stars um the now sadly deceased shinya hashimoto it's about a guy who uh, played by hashimoto whose wife involuntarily turns into a mermaid uh, and he agrees to be on a reality tv show in which he wrestles several competitors in a haunted house his opponents turn out to be homicidal killers and including a zombie amongst them um, it sounds fucking batshit crazy and is pure tits material, so I'm, I'm going to try and track this down as soon as possible. That one was from 2004, and the other one, which I'm, uh, I did, I had no idea existed, which sounds fucking awesome, is Jushin Thunder Liger, 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 uh, Fist of Thunder. Um, it's like a wrestling superhero hybrid movie that's been that was actually produced by Bandai, uh, the, the famous toy makers uh, in Japan. Um, and it was a showcase produced in Liger, and it, which, of course, the character Jushin Thunder Liger was based off an anime. I don't know the name of the anime, but I'm going to presume it was Jushin Liger. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the the film sounds crazy, and um, it's got kind of diver slash even Power Rangers kind of monster suit fights. After watching Big Man Japan last week, I, I thought that might appeal. I know you weren't keen on Big Man Japan. Mm. Um, it might be worth tracking down the uh, the, the classic, <laughs> I presume it's classic, from 1995, and that's Jushin Thunder Liger, Ist of Thunder. Hey kids, sorry to interrupt this great show, but uh, I need to shield my shit. Um, I'm David Davis, uh, one host of the Milking It podcast, a weekly podcast that tugs the teeth of popular culture until it explodes all over your face. We like nothing better than a natter on whatever's been going down. Do you, do you like Batman? Do, do, do you like wrestling? Do, do you like TV shows or gaming? Do you like movies? Of course you like movies, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to these guys, right? Well, well, join us on the Milking It podcast every week on iTunes or via facebook.com forward slash milking it. Become a milkster, jump on board. And together with myself, Boo and Jay, we can take a peek at the week of geek. Join us on the Milky It podcast. Yeah, if we go in like the uh, kind of Asian cinema, there's uh, another one which is, is it Ricky Dozan? Which I didn't get around to seeing. I've seeing. actually seen. I've actually seen that. Ah, um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought the fight scene it is a very good kind of epic movie. 
and uh, the the standout scene is um, he goes to the wrestling gym covered in chains because he thinks that he's going to get the shit kicked out of him. This is Ricky Dozan. It's based on a true story of um, the godfather of modern professional wrestling in Japan. He this was in the 1950s and 60s when he just after the Second World War, and um, the, the standout scene I was saying he comes into this, this gym covered in chains expecting a fight, and um, he is met by the legend Keiji Muto, a.k.a. the Great Muta, and um, he is put through his paces, and they kick the shit out of him, and all the scenes are done so well. It's, it's, it's done in a completely serious way and with nothing but respect for professional wrestling. I learned more about Ricky Dozan from watching that movie, and, and I didn't know about the fight. He had a real legit fight with um, Kimura, the guy that invented the, the, the famous arm lock, and it was meant to be a work, or for the non-wrestling fans, it was meant to be a gentleman's agreement on who would win. Um, but Ricky Dozan got kicked in the bollocks, which he didn't like at all, and it was an accident, and he proceeded to punch Kimura in the throat, uh, knocking him out. So a very famous kind of a double-cross accident there. But yeah, Ricky Dozan was a really good... I think that was like 2008, that movie. Yeah, um, that's I... I didn't actually have that on my list, and I, that's one I randomly saw. Um, but yeah, like good, good choice if you if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, people that are listening, it's definitely worth a track down. Yeah, well, there's no one from that part. What am I? You may have seen then as uh, the Calamari wrestler. I have. This is a movie that I've been wanting to see for ages. Now, this is a black and white Japanese film, isn't it? I'm right, thinking, or is it just the fight scenes that are in black and white? Yeah, I know. It's, it's something different about it. It's a bit. I know the general idea of the story is uh, the, the wrestling squid. Yes. Yeah. I didn't think he was a Mon Calamari like Admiral Akbar. <laughs> it's a wrestling match. But that's another one I've, I've been trying to watch. Sorry, I should well. have said, I should have said, it's a trap hold. <clears throat> so, moving swiftly on. Um... <laughs> Let's get on to the yeah. movies that we have actually seen then. Yeah, I'm sorry. Welcome to the world of Harry Smilak. M. Harry Smilak, personal management at your service. A world of fancy cars and fabulous women. Have you ever considered a career in modeling? He's got everything money can buy. The trouble is, it's not his money. Oh! Mr. Kim from the Fusang Savings and Loan, the vice president. Corrections. Corrections? I correct money from big bits like you. Right, Body Slam is a 1987 movie uh, starring the A-teams, D- Dirk Benedict, also from Battlestar Galactica, the original series, uh, Roddy Piper, Sam Fatu, a.k.a. the Tonga Kid, and Captain Lou Albano. That's right, Mario himself. Um, it's, a, it's a comedy about a uh, music promoter who, through an expli- um, some amazing coincidences um, becomes a successful pro wrestling manager. Um, he bursts in on a meeting between Roddy Roddy Piper and his current manager. He gets him an advertising deal uh, without realising that Roddy's a wrestler. He thinks he's a musician. He thinks he's like a rock and roll star. Yeah, and uh, comedy ensues. Little known fact here, it was actually directed by a guy called Hal Needham, who actually directed the Smokey and the Bandit movies. So it's kind of got that oldie time 80s uh, comedy feel to it, and I'd, I'd never seen this movie before it was mentioned. I had heard of it, I knew it was about, um, but it's not something that I'd actively ever tried to track down. But I'm glad I did. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we 
we agreed to watch these terrible films because I really enjoyed Body Slams. I thought it was a, a great bit of 80s shock, if you will. Yeah. There's a lot you can say about this. I mean, there's the music, the fashion, the casual racism, the acting, and the casual homophobia. I don't know if you realise all those things or not. It's a general staple of the 80s films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it was just... It was the Jim Carter of wrestling yeah, films. The music is pure <laughs> 80s, the fashion pure 80s. And it's like the stereotypical um, Japanese businessman, which is a reoccurring theme, really, in these films, I've noticed. They're not Japanese, though. Oh, no, wait, sorry. Oh, they Chinese? They're, were they not Korean? Casual racism right here on the Totally Insane Tape Show. Yeah. That was the joke, though, throughout the film, wasn't it? They kept on coming up <laughs> yeah. to him with his bodyguards and saying, you owe us money, and he's like, listen, you know... Um, I'll get you your yen. And he's like, no, yen is Japan. <laughs> Korea, Mr. Smirek, not Japan. Korea. Oh, whatever. Oh. <gasps> different eyes, different language. Yeah, I really enjoyed this as well. It's just pure fluff. Um, uh, then if you notice, the wrestling matches were, they looked like they were done in one take because they were done in one take pretty much. Well, Roddy was a worker, wasn't he? I mean, you, you, can't, yeah. you can't fool him on that. <laughs> it's just like the, it's the one camera above the ring and you sort of, you watch it and it's like, okay, the fluffing moves here and there, but it's not perfect. But that's because they did it all in one to protect the industry. It was a case of, oh, we need to make it look real. So they did it real. And I, I must say, I love the way that they really tried to change the name of certain characters. Um, specifically, the, the one of the main villains who's played by Captain Lou Albano and his character name is Captain Lou Murano. You know, what was the point? <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't actually change the name of uh, Dirk Benedict's character to be something like um, Mince Bookman. <laughs> Vincent Menedy can. <laughs> <laughs> That's apparently who the character was based on. Really? And you can tell he's got. Yeah, he's, he's got the smart suits and a bit smarmy and slimy, but in a lovable way. Well, I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't getting like a Vince McMahon vibe off of him. And I, I, I don't know. Maybe but... you've you've been like you've gone through the nineties and you've seen him do the attitude era and turn into evil Vince. Yeah, I think maybe that's and it. Back then in the eighties, it was like the it was a bit. He was like a presenter. Was he was a presenter on yeah. Saturday Night's main event, which was like their. I'm right. Enough, I'm, I might be wrong or right about this. I can't actually remember. It was. It was the like the non wrestling show. It was where they'd have interviews. Uh, prime time. Yes, prime time. Thank you. Where they'd have um, interviews with like Andre the Giant and then like Big John Stud would show like how many fucking barbells he can lift and that kind of thing. <laughs> or you'd have like high tea with Lord Alfred Hayes, excuse me, and George the Animal Steel. I mean, quality television. Yeah. It's based on that era of Vince McMahon rather than the modern day one, which you see him as being the evil boss and the complete cunt. Um, just, just on a side though, can I call him a cunt? You can call him a. I think I can. I call think him you can cunt. call him a cunt. I mean, I'm not sure how many times. I'm calling the character a cunt, not Vince a cunt. He's a lovely man. Yes, absolutely. Give me absolutely, a job. Give me a big job. fan of Vince McMahon. I want a job. Yes, give us a job. Um, <laughs> but no, um, I really enjoy Body Slams. I. I I would put it in a category of being so bad it's good, but in a kind of same way that like Beverly Hills Cop is so bad it's good. You know, they're they're not brilliantly made movies, but they are very watchable kind of enjoyable comedies that aren't gonna. None of these films are gonna like make Oscars, uh, an Oscar winners out of anybody, but they are what they are and they're entertaining. I, I mean, Body Slams for me was very enjoyable. Evan Roddy Piper in one of the main roles is, is good as well. He was one of the one of the few guys who could actually go into a mainstream film. 
and you would sort of automatically say, oh, he's a pro wrestler. No, no, I mean, after watching Frog, uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown, um, I was definitely like, uh, Roddy's an actor. And They Live, which essentially is doing professional they wrestling live. in the role of they, a character. They yeah. Live is too good a movie to mention in the same breath as Body Slams. Um, <laughs> or, or Hell Comes to Frogtown. They live or just stand alone. It stands alone as like a classic, one of John Carpenter's best movies, and easily the best thing. I'm, I'm a big, big wrestling fan. It's fairly obvious, but nothing Roddy's done in wrestling will ever compare to how good he was in They Live. Mm. I still, I still put that up there as one of the best '80s movies. Yeah, and his um, tag team partner was it Sam Fatu? Longer kid, yes. In the movie, yeah, he's come from the Inoue families. All sort of love all charisma and what they do I mean yes they are still going um, I mean currently it's Afa and Afa Junior um, Afa Junior Seeker uh, Rikishi the Sons of Samoa um, there's so many of the, the Fatus and I know that current WWE superstars oh man I can't remember their names how bad is that is it the, the <laughs> what are they called the Usos thank you Jimmy Jimmy and Johnny that's right the Usos are the current Anoi family members so I mean these guys have been in wrestling forever and will obviously continue mm. to, to be in wrestling forever. And it's funny that, you know, that they've got that, that connection to body slam. So to give it a wrestling review show feel, what would you rate the quality of wrestling out of five stars? Wrestling in the movie uh, yeah. was definitely WrestleMania 1 and 2 style So for me, it's an old school three out of five, I think. Yeah, I'd go with that, yeah. Three stars. You can tell they're improvising, which is quite impressive. That's what they did back then. Um, that is, that's how they worked. And plus, back then, without getting too bogged into the wrestling side of things as opposed to the movie side of things, wrestling was presented as a, as a real deal back then. It was presented as yeah. being real. So how, like, watching those movies now, knowing that wrestling's a work, how did people not know? Or did people know and they just didn't, <laughs> t- didn't talk about it? Like, How could you possibly know from watching films like Body Slam? But, but regardless, I would definitely recommend Body Slam as an 80s wrestling classic. So, uh, what's his name? Who wants to know? Well, my name is Harry. And who might I have the pleasure of speaking to? Nobody. My Uncle Ricky says old men who talk to little kids are perverts. The following is brought to you by 8oClockComics.com, the home of really mature comic books. Oh, hi, Tommy. What's up? Everybody betrayed me. I fed up with this world. I'm sorry to hear that, mate. What happened? You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Oh, shit, man. She was so sexy in that red dress as well. Well, never mind. Come and give your old pal Booty a big hug. Don't touch me, motherfucker. Okay, sorry. Um, well, I, I know what will cheer you up. How about I tell you all about 8 o'clock comics? <laughs> Good thinking. 8 O'Clock Comics are the makers of fine comic goods. They sell commissions, art, t-shirts, original prints, and of course it's home to the Devil Dolls. <laughs> so, what do you say? We grab some cocktails, get a little bit pissed, and go to 8oClockComics.com and buy some crazily cool shit. I'm tired, I'm wasted, I love you, darling. Oh man, I love you too. Better get some food in you first then. You think about everything. <laughs> I know I do. Let's go eat, huh? I'm so happy I have you as my best friend. Uh... So talking about uh, Roddy Piper and his uh, brilliant acting. Well, acting. better than average acting. <laughs> he was actually in a, um, a TV pilot with Jesse the Body Ventura in 91. 
called Tag Team. Have you seen this one at all? I, ha- I haven't, actually. Um, is this Thunder in Paradise-style action? It's um, maybe not as big as Thunder in Paradise. It's um, Roddy Piper is Tricky Rick McDonald, and Jesse Ventura is Billy the Body Youngblood. Uh, they get fired from the whole of wrestling. Because <laughs> of, uh, an evil promoter's girlfriend, wife, not liking them and betting against them on a tag team match, which they decide not to throw and win, and they get fired because of it. And... Those no good bastards. Yeah, so that's the first five minutes of it, and then they, as a good any good tag team does, they decide to get jobs together. They go from being piano piano removal men in a very slapstick scene where they drop a piano down the stairs. Hilarious. It sounds it. Yep, and eventually they decide on becoming police officers. Of course, because that's the natural progression from wrestling to, to police. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of montage scenes where they go through the police academy within uh, another five minutes, and then they're fully qualified police officers. Please tell me that there's some kind of police academy-style montage of them like annoying the higher-ups and getting into all pranks and, you know, Mahoney! Well, they, they do have uh, another couple of characters in there which follow them along the way and uh, they're obviously the people they'll be doing the uh, the rest of the show with there's a young guy who teases them for being big meatheads and he's the smart guy so obviously they get back at him for doing stuff to them and they become good friends at the end of it because they all help each other out and they have to get along and again hilarity yes. um... <laughs> it's, it's, it's very much it's Made in 91, which is surprising because you watch it and you think it's made mid-80s. It feels like the A-team kind of quality, really. As I say, Thunder in Paradise was around 96, 97, and they'd gone... Yeah, it was, it was at the height of the WCW being the number one kind of comp- wrestling company in the world. Yeah, and that's kind of big, showy special effects, and this one's kind of very small compared to it. As I say, there's slapstick scenes in it, and then there's sort of... Uh, serious scenes where they're threatening to kill some state witness for something. So yeah, it's very much like the A-Team. But yeah, you can see why it wasn't picked up for a full series. So worth watching just purely for the the comedy value of seeing it fail pilot, basically. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's a couple of scenes which are okay, but like I say, if you watch it, it's like, okay, this, when was this made? 85, 86? Let me find out it was 91. And... <laughs> That's the same year as uh, WrestleMania 7. So you think, when was this in wrestling history? <clears throat> Hogan versus Stalter. So just after the Gulf War, when WWF was still trying to capitalise on, uh, yeah. on the now finished uh, War of Iraq. And the lowest attended WrestleMania ever that year. Um, obviously, the success of the show led to Piper leaving Hollywood and going back to wrestling and winning his title. Uh, his only title the year after. That'll be the Intercontinental title yeah, against Bret Hart, WrestleMania that, 8. And, yeah, lost it at WrestleMania 8. Oh, sorry. Spoilers. Yeah, he lost it at WrestleMania 8, my mistake. He won it, he beat the Mountie to win that. Yeah, the Rumble. I think that was the last time he was actually in Hollywood, wasn't it? 91? Well, you say that, but um, I just witnessed a trailer for a movie called Pro Wrestler vs. Zombie, starring Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, who else was in it? Oh, um, Kurt Angle's in it. Is it Raven in that? Yes, I'm, I'm sure of it. They've got everyone in there, um, some of the old ECW guys. Um, and the, the highlight of the trailer was uh, when Piper pulls out a coconut. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I see crack over Jimmy Snooker's head. 
Yes, they're never going to let that one go. No. But no, I'm, I, I'm really looking forward to that Pro Wrestler vs. Zombie. I must, I must add, the, the trailer actually does make me want to watch it. So um, that's one. Uh, that's another Roddy Piper film to keep an eye on. Talking of Jesse the Body Ventura, I, I, I saw not the entire movie because it is impossible to track down. But I was lucky enough to witness uh, a couple of compilation videos of the very worst, best bits uh, from a movie called The Jesse Ventura Story, which was a TV movie from 1999. It's a biopic. You have to take the entire thing with a, with a grain of salt because a lot of it is other situations from real life that, that had nothing to do with Jesse Ventura that they've just chucked in there. And most famously, the Montreal Screwjob. Now, for the non-wrestling fans listening to the show, uh, wrestling's obviously... Um, what's a good word for it? Fixed? Because fake is the wrong word, because it's not fake. Predetermined. Predetermined, thank you. Um, and there was a famous incident where a match that obviously was meant to be predetermined, um, they kind of screwed the guy over by changing the result on the fly so that the guy would lose in front of his hometown. And it's a very famous wrestling situation. You can check that out online. That's the Montreal Screwjob, if you are interested at all. Um, but for some reason, they decided that this happened with Jesse Ventura um, <laughs> at ringside when it clearly wasn't um, and it had the wrestler Raven uh, <laughs> uh, playing who uh, would have been Shawn Michaels in that situation the whole the whole thing looks terrible I, I hasten to add just like terrible the only thing I think of worth and should be noted is that the lead actor um, whose name I honestly cannot remember uh, not Neil or Niles Alan Stewart um, Google says was actually pretty good as an actor in the role, like you could tell he actually was acting, whereas everyone else was just hamming it up. But yeah, I would actually say that it was it's definitely worth tracking down on YouTube the, the very best and worst bits from the Jesse Ventura story. Did you have you happened to catch any of this film at all, Dean? I, I, you've mentioned it to me and I tried finding it, I couldn't find it anywhere. I've seen the best of clips, but then I couldn't actually access them. It does sound batshit mental. It does, I mean, it, it is, and um. If anyone has a full uh, has a link to the full movie, hit us up at Tits Podcast. Is that right? For Twitter. Yep, that's the one. There you go. And and let us know because because this film needs to be seen. If the clips are anything to go by, it's um it's craptacular. Okay, let's get on to our next uh, bout, shall we? Yes, let's let's. Okay, we're going to go over the wrestler. Now, this isn't the wrestler starring Mickey Rourke. This is the wrestler starring Vern Garnier. So no Randy the Ram Robinson. No, no Randy the Ram on this one. This one's about Mike Bowler, the wrestling champion of one of the leagues heading towards the Super Bowl, a show that will feature champions from all divisions in America. Now, Mike Bowler is seen as being over the hill and is pushed by everybody from the league promoters, his best friend and his wife to retire from the sport. Now, enter Billy Thompson, a new British star seen as many to be the natural choice to replace him as representative of his league heading into the Super Bowl. So, yeah, it's uh, very old school So from 1974, so it's played completely legit as in wrestling is completely real and the whole idea of they want him out is that they want him to lose the match because it's better for the company marketing wise it's very strange to watch it now it seems like an advertisement for professional wrestling (laughs) (laughs) they start the film like backstage cameras leading into a tv studio someone cuts a promo then they show a wrestling match and later on they'll show a wrestling demonstration like a training session and they'll show legit wrestling holds being displayed. And it's like a 10-minute sequence where they're just showing off wrestling. But then they have a story attached to it, which is really 
strange, I'm guessing. It's just... Because, <laughs> like I say, it's before the curtains will pull back on wrestling. So it is played real, but they acknowledge that match rigging occurs occasionally. Breaking the illustrious kayfabe. Yeah, but at the same time, it's, it's like 1974, this is before WWE took off. It even has Vincent... Uh, is it Jay McMahon? Vince Senior. Vince Senior, what's his name? He's in it, and he's one of the promoters of the leagues wanting them to change the champion around. And the whole Super Bowl thing is like a big coming together of all the companies to do one big super show. And this is, like I say, 74, 10 years before the first WrestleMania. Yeah, I was going to say, that does sound an awful lot like kind of the original WrestleManias. Yeah, and they show a load load of uh, old footage of the champions at the time having actual matches that they showed on TV or they've shot on like just cameras and and they don't actually feature in the film but then they are named as being champions and the best but they're in different territories but then you have all this kind of stuff where it's like it's played as real and then they have a completely out of place comedy scene with Dusty Rose and Dick Murdoch <laughs> Dusty <They're> Rose like, <laughs> sorry which is where the um, casual racism comes into it with Japanese, Chinese, Korean businessmen I've no idea what they were. They weren't actually introduced, but they were just the casual racism part of it. Having a bar fight with Dusty Rose and Dick Murdoch, who are two Good old next. boys. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, like old, yeah, kind of southern gentlemen. <laughs> and that's, that's, it's, it's one scene on its own, five minutes. It just sort of, it's a complete comedy scene. So it's a really bizarre experience watching this film. I mean, I'm just reading a list of the other wrestling uh, wrestlers, even, that were uh, in the film. And I mean, among them is uh, Billy Graham. Rick Flair, Dusty Rhodes yeah. and Dick Murdoch, as you said, Dick the Bruiser, Dory Funk Jr., Ray Stevens, Pedro Morales, Ken Patera, Nick Botwinkle, Eddie Graham, and Jim Brunzel, amongst others. Um, yeah. Uh, you got Billy Robinson in there, who recently passed away. Who yes, plays, British legend. Yeah, who plays Billy Thompson, the main guy they want to take over. You've got, um, obviously, the, the film was produced by Vern Garnier. Yeah. He's also in the movie... I mean, uh, again, to the non-wrestling people, Vern Gagne is a, a very old-time wrestling promoter. I think he passed away possibly a couple of years ago, unless he's still alive and kicking. Um, there was an incident at the... He might be dead, he may not be dead. may not be dead, but uh, I, do, fact I do know for a fact that uh, he did accidentally kill an old uh, an old guy in, in his retirement home. Um, he, suffered, he suffers or suffered from bad dementia towards the end, um, and uh, he... <laughs> He lost it and body slammed <laughs> one of the old guys. I shouldn't be laughing. I'm really sorry. Um, but, yeah, uh, and apparently it did actually kill the guy. On that happy note. <laughs> okay, so we can go from killing someone to reviving someone's career in The Wrestler 2008. Now, I know you've seen this one. Yes, Randy the Ram Robinson's legendary life story. Uh, it, was all a, <laughs> it was all a blur of, of, of coke and the steroids, uh, blade jobs, bad indie shows, and ultimately his choice to have a heart attack and die instead of going shag a stripper. <laughs> so I think out of the two of them, I think right now I'd rather be watching the Vern Garnier one because at least that has some yucks in it. <laughs> All right, people. This is your mate Stell, host of the great football podcast known as Shoot the Defence. Join me, John, Andy, Mike, Stuffy, and whoever else can be bothered to appear every Thursday night at 10.30pm 
Mixler.com forward slash shoot the defence. We're informative, opinionated, sometimes controversial, and have one or two face palm moments. I have a dream. <laughs> Mr. Malcolm X. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, ah, and we have our own website, shoottheDefense.com. Shoot the Defence. Play on. The Totally Insane Tape Show is brought to you by Subway Sandwiches. Put a foot long in your mouth. Actually, we're not brought to you by them. We're not brought to you by anybody. But if you'd like to sponsor the show... Get in touch with us at the Totally Insane Tape Show at gmail.com or you can contest us on Twitter at TitsPodcast. We would like to give a shout out to a couple of people. Firstly, the Nottingham Comic Con, which is on the 4th of October this year at the Nottingham Conference Centre. That's in Nottingham. You can check out the details of their show at nottinghamcomiccon.co.uk or you can follow them on Twitter at Nottingham Comic. Also on the shout-out list is the Delirium Brewery, who make lovely, 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 lovely beer. It's lovely. Just check it out. You can contact them at Delirium Brewery on Twitter, or you can check the website out, delirium.be. That's Delirium Brewery. They make lovely, 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 lovely beer. Please send us some for free. Anyway, plug's over. Back to the show. From um, Body Slams and Jesse Ventura all the way to a, a modern take on pro wrestling and probably the film that, in my opinion, is the biggest love letter to professional wrestling. And also it's a really interesting footnote in the history of modern professional wrestling because it is very WCW-centred um, uh, and WCW as a company no longer exists. But at the time it was big, big business and uh, never m- more so than when the movie Ready to Rumble came out. Gordy and Sean had dead-end jobs. People always said I was a dreamer, an idiot, and a waste of life, and I will never amount to anything. Hit me, baby, one more time. No luck with the ladies. Brittany, let's go out again. We'll talk about me and you. Dude, you're in there. And no one to look up to. Freeze! Your sister shot her first perp today. Oh, Dean, you've seen Ready to Rumble. Yeah. And um, what, what do you think? Because I must admit... I I love this film. No matter what I say, it's classic um, early millennium comedy in the same style as the American Pies, the road trips. Like It's one of those movies, and it also led on to one of the most famous incidents um, of a non-wrestler winning a coveted championship title in David Arquette. We'll get, we will talk about that a bit more, but let me just get your views on the movie ready to rumble. Yeah, I think I was with the the crowd back in 2000 when it was made. It was, I didn't like it. It was one of those things where it's like they depicted wrestling fans as inbred, inbred redneck killbillies or just completely dumb guys who's like, yeah, their entire lives revolved around sort of watching guys fake fight. It just sort of insulted the audience. It's not fake! <laughs> it just insulted the audience. And it's, it said, oh, you're all dumb. But then everyone got up in arms about it, depicting them that way, about watching a predetermined sport. And so what does that make us really? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's one of those films back when it was released. Yeah, it's kind of insulting. 
And I watched it recently because, yeah, we were doing these shows and I thought, I'll give it a watch because it's one of those films I know was bad and I absolutely loved it. I was just laughing all yeah. the way through it and it's like, I don't know why back then I was taking it so seriously. And, and I think on the flip side, I always feel like I belong to subcultures that are seen in a specific way. Obviously, uh, as everybody that listens to the show now, I, I also present another podcast, The Milking Podcast with David Davis. <laughs> And um, a lot of the, you know, it's a geeky podcast and we're obviously proud geeks and geeks are depicted as these kind of nerdy, uh, bespectacled um, kids, virgins, if you will, who live in their parents' basement and play Dungeons and Dragons. I am none of those things except I occasionally have been known to wear glasses. Um, and I, I kind of find I play that... Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I got my D12 right here, bitches. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, so I, I kind of didn't mind the fact that they'd, done this caricature of wrestling fans which were portaloo cleaners in this movie or uh, fast food workers or old people or rednecks so every stereotype on some I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it from the minute I saw it it's such a it's quotable it's it's funny it's got more cameos than you can shake a stick at and it's it's just quite funny that the um, the main wrestling character played by um, Oliver Platt is uh, the least wrestler looking one out of the lot of them and he's like the champion like the all-time legend and you can just tell that he's like the non-wrestler yeah i think that's the only thing that bothered me watching it this time around it was like i don't buy him as being someone who'd be a champion that's the only thing that bothered me i mean depicting wrestling fans as being a bit dumb that's fine but you sort of i'm not buying him as champion i'm not that dumb you're not buying Jimmy King? The King? <laughs> no, that's the only thing that bothered me about it. The rest of it was, well, was it Sal Bandini. I want to wrestle. <laughs> yeah, it's a top character. And, of course, you've got the classic villain played by Joe Pantoliano, uh, Titus Sinclair, what a name, as the evil promoter. Um, in all honesty, there's very little not to like about this film. He's, very, he's obviously dated a hell of a lot because WCW no longer exists. But um, I, I, I laughed a lot. And I still do whenever I crack this movie out. Um, it's always nice to see one of um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch's aunts cra- scratching their crotch. Um, <laughs> if you see the movie, you'll know what I mean. It's always good to see uh, Rose McGowan in the film. Mm. Oh, always. Always. And her foreign objects. <laughs> so the chronology of this is it's in is it 2000? Which is it the is. sort of a, a major year in wrestling where, I mean, WWF, took over WCW as being like the lead company in wrestling. So they've been battling out on the ratings for a few years previously. And WCW was on a downturn. So they made this film as like a a promotional tool, pretty much. And one of the things they did with a promotional tool is they put their world title on the star of the film. Yes, notorious, bad, notoriously infamous um, uh, moment in professional wrestling history. Um, he aligned him, uh, the story in the storyline goes uh, the the actual WCW was David Arquette came in uh, aligned himself with Diamond Dallas Page despite Page being a villain in the movie so he didn't cross over with the movie like that um, but in a tag match against Page and Jeff Jarrett um, Arquette actually pinned I think it was Jarrett to win the <laughs> to win the WCW World Heavyweight Title unbelievable um, 
one note that should be mentioned is that uh, although Arquette himself says this was a bad idea, and he actually donated all the money WCW gave him to the families of Brian Pillman and Owen Hart. Um, and I believe some of the money also went to Darren Drozdov, who was paralyzed in WWE, and um, Brian Hildebrand, the referee who famously died of cancer. So, um, you know, good lad, but um, you could always have said no. Yeah, that's true. And it was <laughs> it was considered to be like the, the final round, the coffin of WCW, who went out of business the next year. And you got the interesting and very pointless fact that by the time it, the film was released in Japan, WCW had been out of business for an entire year. There you go. A, a, a suicide note to a wrestling company and a comedy that's well worth tracking down. I'd recommend it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's a double... That's two thumbs and a recommendation. That is that is two crowns from Jimmy King from the top rope um, as a recommendation. Two big foam thumbs up. Exactly. So uh, we highly recommend Ready to Run. Sal Mandini, want to wrestle? Okay, Booley, shall we get on to the other side of this main event? This is the big one. Press play. I'm, 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 I'm excited, I'm excited. Are you looking for a little escape? Want to see something you don't see every day? Are you ready for a whole new Hulk Hogan? That was awesome. (laughs) This is the 1989 movie starring the man himself, brother, Hulk Hogan, and Tiny Zeus Lister, it's no holds barred. I have been waiting to see this movie for years, and I've only recently got the opportunity, and I'm so glad I did. Um, this movie is not just hilarious, but uh, easily one of the funniest films I've ever seen. With I'm sure it didn't have the intention to be that funny. And it may be the jokes, they may be thinking they're telling jokes, but really we're laughing for another reason. Yeah. That was um, the, the the film that started it all, No Holds Barred. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Dean, what do you think? Oh, I mean, what can you say about this film? The music, the outfits, the casual, the casual homophobia, <laughs> oh, the... <laughs> the tiny pants, and the misogyny. It had it all. And don't forget, <laughs> yes, Hulk Hogan plays Rip Thomas, the most popular wrestler of his time. And although he's a better, you know, he's a tough guy, he's got a heart of gold and he's making loads of money for the TV companies. In his work, his word is his bond and an evil TV executive wants him um, for his own and will do anything to get him signed up. And when Rip says no, they take revenge on Rip by unleashing the monster on them. Played by one of your favourite actors. Tiny Zeus, which way is he looking, Lister? <laughs> <laughs> He's got one eye on me, one eye on Hogan. But yes, yeah. um, just some of the worst scripts, worst um, dialogue even, that I put to movie. And um, I knew I was in trouble um, when the opening credits said... Uh, a Vince McMahon production starring Hulk Hogan. I mean, if that's not enough to throw you off, what is? 
But I, I mean, I, I, all jokes aside, I thoroughly enjoyed this film. The end had an almost Running Man style end fight. Um, it's just cheese tastic. Um, and as you said, the, the, from the soundtrack, there's like Rocky training bits. There's everything you want. Um, just some crazy, crazy fight scenes, and of course, uh, a very heart uh, heartfelt ending. So I, I mean, I could not recommend this film enough. If you like quality shit. Um, and look no further. And I will go ahead and say it's Hogan's best movie. It's Hogan's first movie after Rocky Three, um, and uh, yeah, he he never topped that. That that was the one. He was pretty much playing an extension of his character in, in WWE at the time. I mean, Hogan turning down a blank check. Yeah, makes <sighs> him eat it. But how nice could he be, really? He's too nice. Yes. <laughs> and then Zeus is the ultimate evil. You know, he throws women around, and his manager is okay with assault, rape, and murder. In fact, he he, he insists. <laughs> um, I, do you know what? For a film that was promoting mostly, I wasn't really sure who they were marketing it for because it's certainly like, the rest. The, the WWE now is is what they call PG thirteen in America, so it's kind of aimed for kids. Um, in this, you had. Um, the, the famous Dookie scene. Dookie! Uh, you had a scene where a guy, uh, uh, one of the tough guys, was going to beat up two TV executives after overhearing them talking shit about him uh, when they were having a piss in the urinal and he's in the, he's in yeah. the toilet. He comes out to attack them, looks at both their cocks, says, I'm, <laughs> it's not worth it, you know, they're two little dick guys, and laughs and walks off. I mean, like, mommy, what does he mean by, like... <laughs> <laughs> Legendary Stan Hansen in that role there. Wow, there you go. Yeah, the the the, man, the, the lariat man himself, Stan Hansen, the cowboy. Yeah, um, I mean a lot of it. If you got the Backstreet fighting scenes, I mean they could have been the influence behind the Shotgun Saturday Night Show the WWE produced at the beginning of the Attitude Era, and they started getting a bit more risque. They did like these uh, nightclub venues. They put the ring in there, and it's like the crowd just stood right around the ring. It was very rowdy, and that kind of it's a bit reminiscent of those backstreet fighting scenes. Oh, no, totally. Yeah, it was very kind of early raw um, shotgun style. Um, obviously, that was a few years after this movie was made. But, I mean, they were banking yeah. on this movie being a huge success. And, it, I mean, it, I think it's finally broken even after, like, all these years. Um, I think because the DVD release, they did a, a remastered edition a couple of years ago on DVD. And I think because of that, they've finally broken even on this movie. How much did it cost? Do you know at all? Uh... A couple of million. Not sure. I'm not sure what it cost, but um, it <laughs> it definitely lost some money. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it is maybe maybe it's not as eighties tastic as Body Slams, um, but it's certainly funnier without meaning to be. Um, their intention is for you to laugh at certain points, which aren't funny, but really it's 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 the bits that are just so ridiculous. Um, every, uh, I mean, that's that's the reason why it, it throws you a little bit. It's um, so as Ready to Rumble is it was just straight comedy. Mm. Uh, with this one, it's like it's got comedy bits in it, but then they've got the whole. Like, so there's the bits where they attempt to murder people and then rape his girlfriend. I've also also I've got to point out that um, one of the conti- one of the odd themes I noticed in a few of these films, Body Slams and um, uh, No Holds Barred specifically, was there was always a, there was a scene with a midget. Why have they always got to have a midget in Body Slams? <laughs> um, one of the other wrestling managers, there's three main managers in Body Slams, uh, Lou Albano being the other one, and one of them's played by a midget actor. Is it midget or little person? What do we say? What's the politically correct? You, you know, little person. Little person. Anyway, and then... Um, Hobbit. 
<laughs> uh, and then peck. Um, in, <laughs> but then um, in No Holds Barred, uh, there's a scene in the bar where there appears to be a, a midget in a cage um, <laughs> just above. <laughs> so this is, was that the guy from Game of Thrones? <laughs> I believe it does actually look like him. I know it's the same same guy. Is that Peter Dinklage? I, I would be shocked to find out that was Peter Dinklage. What, in No Holds Barred? Yeah. Yeah, it was probably like 10 at the time. Yeah, that is that that would be incredible. Hang on, I'm going to Google it. Hang on. Peter Dinklage, let's have a look. No, I just Googled a picture of Hulk Hogan's arse. <laughs> I don't want to look at this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Apparently, apparently it's true. Did you know he had a bit part in Hogan's vehicle, no hot spot? Thanks to OSW Review for pointing that out. Yay, I'm right. Wow. I'd also like to thank OSW Review for telling me that fact. I think that's where I got it from. Oh, if OSW Review are wrong? No? Yep. That's... So a bit about the chronology of this one. This was in 1989 and much... It does say his film debut was in 1995. I want to believe he was in No Holds Barred. <laughs> I want to believe it. Who knows? It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this was in 1989, and like Ready to Rumble, they actually brought Zeus into the WWF to have a uh, real fight. Real as in not in a film, fake fight. Not in a movie. Yeah, with Hulk yeah. Hogan as the main event of SummerSlam. Uh, wise... um, was he tagging with Randy Savage? Yep, wisely tagging with Randy Savage because I don't think Zeus really could have you know, carried the match on his own. And just remind me because that would drive me nuts. Who was Hogan's partner? Was it Beefcake? Let's <sighs> go back to Google now, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I didn't know this was going to be mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Beefcake. <sighs> How he kept on putting. Anyway. <laughs> The Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Yes. There we go. Quality of gimmick there. Brutai, as, uh, <laughs> as Gorilla Monsoon used to call him on the odd occasion. Yeah. A gentleman who would like to be known as the Booty Man. <laughs> and his finisher was the High Knee. Get it? High Knee? Yeah. High... That's been another shit booly joke moment right here on the Tits <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> What's that smell? <laughs> okay, the biggest question of all. What would you choose? Ready to rumble or no holds barred? One of them is WrestleMania, the other one is Botchamania. Come on. Oh, no. Oh, that, it's too close. Um, I, um, there's so much going for both of them. But I think just because he doesn't realise how funny it actually is, I'm afraid I've got to go with No Holds Barred over the Ready to Rumble. Now, that's not a diss on Ready to Rumble because that... That is when I was a wrestling fan, like a huge wrestling fan, was in the early 2000s. So it holds a lot of memories for me. And as I said, it's like a time capsule for WCW circa 2000. But No Holds Barred had a scene involving the word dookie. <laughs> no, but in all honesty, I think No Holds Barred holds up quite well. So I'm going to go with No Holds Barred. Um, it's, it, and plus, it's either that or get beaten up by 
Yeah, I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna go ready to rumble. You're a king. You're a king, Matt. You're a king fan. I will rule you. See a lot of see a lot of gleam coming over that chrome dome of yours. Squirrel nut. So yeah, we've both chosen one film, and I believe this is a 60-minute draw in the world of wrestling. The crowd are now chanting bullshit, <laughs> <laughs> and we're being booed out of the refund, building. Refund, refund, refund. Should we get onto what films we're watching next week? Oh, Jesus Christ, don't ask such questions. Yes, I suppose we must. <laughs> okay, as soon as this week was a bit more structured than usual, it's all about one topic, next week is just going to be a mixed bag. So you can choose whatever you want. Mm, okay, I ha- I, there is something I had in mind. Now, if the, as we are recording, we are just a few days shy of Easter. And uh, I know that the Easter Bunny came and gave everyone such lovely treats. Well, I thought as a treat for you, how about a film about a horror film even about rabbits um so i'm going to go for 1972's night of the Leapers. horror film about rabbits it's a horror film about rabbits <laughs> that sounds fucking awful <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping it is um, i've actually wanted to watch it for a few for a few years and uh, i think now is the time <laughs> i know you're a fan of superheroes I am, I am, as, as featured on the Milking It podcast every week with me and David Davis. Okay, have you heard of the superhero film called Mr. Freedom? Mr. Freedom? I have not, sir, I have not. Okay, Mr. Freedom, yeah, it's a 1969 film by um, a photographer called William Klein, who's also done a couple of documentaries. And this one isn't actually a documentary, but, yeah, it's it's been described as, let's see... This is, this is better than any description I can ever come up with. Anti-imperialist satirical farce. <laughs> that that sounds complicated. Which can be translated into art house superhero story. So we're going to go with uh, <laughs> with um, art house superhero film and a horror film about rabbits. Only here on the Totally Insane Tape Show. I suppose we better do some outros him. Yeah, I'm off to get oiled up and wrestle with men. And I'm off to shower down because I feel so dirty after watching those terrible movies. So until next week, I've been Boulamont. I've been Dino Peppers. And join us next week for more titillating fun at the Totally Insane Tape Show. Every man's heart one day beats its final beat, his lungs breathe their final breath. And if what that man did in his life makes the blood pulse through the body of others, it makes them bleed deeper in something than larger than life, then his essence, his spirit, will be immortalized by the storytellers, by the loyalty, by the memory of those who honor him and make the running the man did live forever. I am Ultimate Warrior. You are the Ultimate Warrior fans. And the spirit of Ultimate Warrior will run forever.